hard on them, Alan. They were simply pawns. The real villain in this piece has yet to be revealed. Jaden Stockley! What? Hello and welcome back to the What The Folk Sunland Review Podcast. It's Sunday morning. The Sunday sport revealed shocking images of a man who found the face of Steve Bruce inside of an apple and Sunland have lost their 100% home record. We're a few hours late, but as ever, we're here to review the game as best as we possibly can, which we don't really like doing after a defeat, but nonetheless, continuity is important. There's no opposition fan view today because Nath from our midweek proof news recovering from a wedding. However, we do have two red and white voices. Firstly, we've got the returning Dave Lawrence, who we officially met face-to-face, which is a weird thing these days, isn't it, Dave? How are you doing? Are you all right? Yeah, very well, mate. Yeah, absolute pleasure to meet up yesterday, so uh, that's something to take off the bucket list. Just a shame about the result, one, but I'm sure we'll dig into it. Um, and last but not least, it's a debut, but I don't think it's a voice you're going to be unfamiliar with. Uh, Michael Bowers. Bowers, how are you keeping, sir? You all right? Not bad. Um, obviously, I've already met Graham face-to-face before yesterday. and uh, The first time, obviously, like you, it's the first time I met Dave, despite the fact that I've had loads of WhatsApp chats with him. It was nice to see him face-to-face, but no, I mean, aside from the football, not a bad day. Are your head's okay this morning? I can't say that mine's all right, no. <laughs> I'd be lying if I said I was 100% match fit. Yeah, I think I'd be be calling in a sickie if I was playing today. But um, I think we'll we'll dig straight into it. Obviously, it was, in my opinion, a lacklustre Sunderland lost 1-0 to Charlton. It was a game full of incident, which I'm sure we'll we'll get further into. But I think, you know, firstly, Dave, as we've already attested to, we had a few drinks last night. We've had almost 24 hours to assess, not quite. Um, Game-wise, how are you feeling in the morning after about it? Yeah, just I just don't think we turned up. I think Johnson said it in his post-match presser. It, it's it's just one of them. It happens. It's it's not ideal. It's not perfect. But I don't think there's anything to worry about just yet. I mean, for as bad as we were yesterday, I think the fair result was probably a draw. Um, I don't yeah. think Charlton really works Hoffman too much, if I'm honest. Um, he had a couple of kind of... Little saves to make, but nothing special. Um, Charlton just turned up well-drilled. They're, they're a credit to Johnny Jackson. He's took over in the middle of the week. They came well-drilled, and it's another lesson for us. And the lesson is there's going to be teams that are going to be hard to break down, and we have to find ways to do it. We're a young squad, and hopefully hopefully we, we do learn from our mistakes and, and try, try and find the answer, really. I think I said something a few weeks ago about something, and I said... The problem over the last season is not that we, when we lose, it's that we draw too many. I would much rather win three in a row and then lose one. I'd rather lose none, but you get more points with three wins and a defeat than you do get four draws. And I feel like that's been our problem for a while. But but Bowers, same to you, obviously, it's, I think everyone kind of is in sort of an agreement, which is weird in any fan base, but didn't really turn up yesterday, but you've had almost 24 hours to assess it. How are you feeling following it? Well, if you'd asked me this five minutes after full-time, I would have been raging and swearing all over the place, probably. But uh, uh, calming, now that I've had a chance to adequately calm down, I think that it's one of those, it, like Dave said, and I think you both have said it yourselves, it's one of those games we just didn't turn up and you're going to have them across the course of a season. We're not going to be able to be world-class every game, unfortunately, as much as we would absolutely love it. 
I just think um, I, I, I wish I mind you, I wish Charlton had waited a few one more game to get rid of Nigel Adkins though. That was a, that was very very irritating. But it's not it's, that's not that's not that their problem. We we still had to turn up and we didn't. We I thought we gave Charlton a little bit too much respect across the park. I think we got bullied on some occasions and it just wasn't. It was just flat. I think the atmosphere. Well, not the atmosphere. The, the performance just wasn't quite at it. But you're going to have them. And to be fair. I've said in, uh, on YouTube, I've said it on record, I don't think that Charlton squad should be anywhere near the relegation zone, to be honest. So I think no. that it's not, it's not a surprise. that I'm not surprised that they've kind of turned them over, but I think we just need to see what response we get in the games coming up now. Rotherham and Chef Wed, I mean, you can't ask for more two bigger away games than that. Yeah, I think it's. I think they're both massive. And I think I agree with you on Charlton. And obviously we normally have the, the Charlton preview, but like I say, Nate's on a... Well, he's recovering from a wedding, I think. Um, so we normally be chatting to a Charlton fan regarding it. But I, I think Dave, they came into the game third or, or fourth bottom. But if I'm honest with you, I, I saw a side that wasn't fourth or third bottom. And I spoke about it in the preview, the amount of quality they have in the team, that there's no such thing as a false position. But let's pretend there is, just for the sake of this bloody podcast, so I don't have to go around it in a circle. Um, was it new manager bounce? Was it something unperforming? Or was it Charlton a far better side than the position indicates? Or was it a mixture of everything? I think it's a combination of all three, isn't it? And I think it's exactly it, Mace. I mean, you know, there's there's definitely, definitely a lot more than three teams worse than them in this division. It's simple oh, as that. Um, so, yeah, just a combination of everything. And I, I was talking about, I was talking to Copley yesterday on the way back over from the match. And literally, like, it, it was a Johnny Jackson performance, to be fair, how he used to play yeah, he, he's, he had a little bit of a he had a little bit about him on the boys back up, but he was very tenacious. He got around the pitch, he got into the rest of the squad. So yeah, it was um, just just one of them. Uh, you know, as long as it doesn't, it, as long as we don't uh, fall into a hole and lose six in a row, then that's fine. Does anyone ever remember another team who's ever lost six in a row? Just a two or so. Doesn't recall, mate. Doesn't recall. What one thing I, I did want to touch on, um, because I, I think judging by social media, there's a few players not getting hammered because every fan has to have an opinion. I, I don't agree with the fact that you know you should never criticize a player if they have a poor game, say it as it is. And um, if they have a good game, we, we say you take an equal measure as long as it doesn't get nasty, of course. But one one of the big ones, Bowers, was O'Neill's performance. Now, I've said a few times on this podcast that I love him and I'm a big fan of O'Neill. Um, I think take the crew game out of the equation. I think he's been really poor in three of the last four games. Um, I think he played well against crew. I think good performance. I think he was poor again yesterday. I don't understand why he's on free kicks. And I think he was poor down Gillingham. And I think he was poor at Portsmouth. Um, he's coming in for a lot of flap, but what did you make of his performance, Bowers? Um, average at best, really. I did. When the thing that you kind of summed up there was... Um, He's on free kicks. I, I'm I'm completely agreeing. I'm I'm a big Luke O'Neill fan. I like him a lot. I think he gets a lot in the grand scheme of things. I think he gets a lot of unwarranted criticism. But yeah, me too. Some of the criticism that he does, so criticism he's been getting recently has been pretty fair because he's not mm-hmm. been very. Fair. He hasn't. And the free kick decision I'm with you. I have absolutely no idea why he's been on free kicks. I I don't know. If there was I think Jam Sarney put it best in his um, YouTube video yesterday. Like, is there some sort of written clause in his contract where he has to take free kicks now for some reason? I, I mean, don't, when you got McGeady on the pitch, I just cannot understand that. I don't, I don't get that. Even, even well, I was going to say even Daniel, but that point is probably off. But actually, on that, when Evans came on, 
I rolled my eyes at that decision. And I know it's easy for me as a fan to sit on the sidelines and say that. But I, I thought, well, Daniel was one of the linchpin of, of us trying to do anything going forward and we're losing the game. So why are you taking um, Dan Neal off to bring Evans on? Surely, if anything, I would have put nine off. I didn't think he was having... I think it's just to take him out the line because I didn't think he was having a very effective game. I, I think, I mean, <clears throat> maybe the problem I've, I've got is, I think it was Graham Atkinson, who's, who's obviously with Wiseman say was talking about the the worst League One team that we've had and obviously there's quite a lot of choice and then and then I was discussing with Ashley on the way up yesterday just to pass time on the, on the train from Glasgow that the best League One team we've had and we both put Luke Nine at right back and I'm starting to think that is his position um, Yeah I, I won't blame you like I think I, I, I think he's been I mean so far this season he's been patches where he's been okay yeah patches game kind of passes him by a little bit in midfield I think generally when if I'm if, 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 if you say if someone says Luke 90 yet the first position I think of is right back because that's when you've grown accustomed to seeing him play there for two and a half seasons pretty much and a lot of his best performances have come from right back I don't know whether that's him sort of readjusting into, into playing centre mid but at this point you played what's it two and a half months nearly three months of the season so I don't know unless like unless it's really him just getting used to it I, I don't know what the issue is I think, I think, Dave, as well, you, you want to see continual improvement from a player. I can take one bad game and then two average games and then one good game to, to gradually get to like two two or three good games in midfield and one average game. For me, Onai in, in that position is regressing. Um, I didn't think Dan Neal had a good game yesterday and that's fine. He's been phenomenal. However, I'm in agreement with Bowers. If I'm taking the midfielder off for Corey Evans, I'm taking Onai off because... Nine seems to have played or, or, or been asked to play that sitting role, which is not really what he did at Wickham. Um, so maybe I'm being harsh in the sense that I'm saying, you know, he, he doesn't suit midfield because that's not his midfield position. He's more of a 10 than he is a four. But I just I just didn't understand the substitution. I didn't understand him on free kicks. Um, me personally, Dave, I, I would take him out the firing line. I think Corey Evans is a better player. And I think Dan Neal, although he was poor yesterday, it was still... Far, by far our best midfielder. Um, am I being a bit harsh on nine, Dave? Am I being too nice to the lovely, lovely Luke? <laughs> I'm, I'm not as big a fan of nine as you guys are. Uh, I, I don't hate him. I don't dislike him. But I, I think he's a limited footballer in technique. Yes, his running stats, his energy, his wrapping is undoubtedly pretty good. Um, I think personally, and it's obviously not the way we play, but I think if he was to fit in the centre midfield, it'd probably be a three-man midfield as opposed to a two-man midfield. Yeah. That's just for me personally. I also think you've got to give our downfall yesterday was a lot to do with ourselves and the way that we set up and played, but a lot of credit has to go to Charlton, I think. Charlton did do everything that kind of is the opposite of what we need to fall into place to actually make an impact on the game. Um, you know, strange. 9 is undoubtedly a very good header of the ball. I found it very strange after the first 15 minutes of Jaden Stockley absolutely bullying the life out of him. I found it very strange that we kept doing that. I understand... Um, I understand maybe he's like 0-9 being on Stockley's toes and then a centre-half being behind Stockley to win the ball. But I didn't understand, basically, from their goal kicks, 0-9 completely man-marking Stockley because he didn't win a header all day. No. Um, 
I suppose the plan could have been to win the second ball. Do you know what I mean? And just let Stockley win every header. That could well have been the plan, but we didn't execute that very well either if it was the plan. I thought so, they did really well in pushing. Um, there was a discussion a discussion somewhere, I can't remember where, about um, Charlton Preston and how they were good at it. And someone said, no, they're not. And I was speaking to Nath about it midweek and he was saying, we can be, we can't be. You don't know under Adkins. They closed yeah. down an awful lot. Callum Doyle yesterday, and we ended up going long an awful lot. Yeah, Doyle's actually really important to bringing that ball out from the back, and they'd almost pinpointed it and gone get into him. It was almost like our game plan against Stockley, and that didn't work. Where their game plan for where a lot of our play comes from, which is from Doyle at the back, that it just worked. And and when you're trying to pick apart Sunderland, because for Sunderland fans, what you do, but I, I do think Charlton got it right. Like definitely. In the first half as well, when we tried to pass the ball around the back, they had pretty, I think they might have played with a three up front or what it felt like it because they had players on our men literally every time we tried to pass the ball out. So I think when we passed to Flanagan, you had Connor Washington up there, you had Jade Stockley up there, mm-hmm. Jonathan probably up there. They, they pressed with a really high line. So it's, as you said, with the fact that sometimes they're inconsistent with their pressing, it didn't look at, from, from what I saw, it didn't look at yesterday. That's one of the, that's one of the, the most maybe apart from Bolton, that we've been pressed at the stadium like this season, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I think so as well. I think um, I think it, it smacked of a performance in a way of, oh shit, the manager just being sacked with letting him down because no one dislikes Nigel Atkins. He's the nicest guy on the planet. So obviously mm-hmm. they'll not be like delighted about it. I think they'll probably feel quite bad about it and thought we've got to put a performance in for Johnny Jackson. And I think the effort and also the game plan just smacked of a good performance. Again, though, like, I don't think they deserve to win it as poor as we were, but... Talking about poor performances, I think we could pick a few people here, but we've only got half an hour and I don't want to be too negative. But I, I think Aidan McGeady put in, if not one of his worst, his, his worst performances in the Sunday shirt yesterday. Um, McGeady's not really been the McGeady of last season, or the McGeady that we know. He's played on the right, he's played on the left, he's got a couple of assists, hasn't got that many goals, he's not really winning games or so changing games like he used to. Is I don't want to say is McGeady on his way out, but are we starting to see signs of aging in Aidan McGeady? It's possible, isn't it? I mean, but it, it, I, I think personally, for how this has turned out with injuries and stuff like that, he's probably been slightly unlucky because we've yeah, got no maybe. natural width and we all know that McGeady has been a winger throughout his career. If I'm honest, with the likes of Pritchard not being fully fit, although I think Pritchard was was okay yesterday, he was probably one of the best. I in the thought battle. he was okay. Yeah, I, I liked Pritchard. Pritchard. Yes, I agree with that. So if we give him that, but if he wasn't fully fit, Emelton's out. I think, and I've said for a couple of years, McGee could be that number ten, just in behind and give him a free roll and don't make him do too much off the ball because there was a couple of times yesterday. To be fair to him, <laughs> bless him. I mean. We're 35, Grim, and my legs wouldn't work mm-hmm. that well. So no. He, he, <laughs> he got back He got back to, to kind of try and be fair. He at least put his body in the way, if not being the best tackler in the world. He, he got himself back there, but there was a couple of times when he realised it was an overload, and Charlton did notice that in the first half. I actually said about 20 minutes in to the bloke, sat next to me, bless him, he's me, analysing everything that I see out of the pitch as I do. And I'm like, what he should do is he should bring McGee over onto this right side and put O'Brien over there because they've obviously they've obviously worked out that our left-hand side, there's more space. Um, and to be fair, Johnson did do that, but it was just ineffective. 
and I suppose oh, I'll tell you what, what sums up yesterday for me, just in general, was decision making. Everybody's decision making was minging. There was times O'Brien in the first half should have laid it off. I think Dan Neal went off it with them just before half time. Said just just give me the ball five yards. Just give me the ball and I'll whip it in. To be fair, Dan Neal then made a cross five minutes later when he should have laid it off and it went over the crossbar. Um, O'Brien second half where he's cutting from the left. Some really nice football to be fair. The goal is literally from my seat. The goal is given. McGivill is it's going to be something special to beat him. He's not a bad keeper for this level. But O'Brien then decided to try and ping out a 35 yard pass to McGeady out on the right when it needed a 10 yard tap if he was going to pass it. He should have hit it. It's as simple as that. But I'd imagine that's a lack of confidence, you know. I think um, <clears throat> there's a few, you're right in that. There's a few options yesterday when you think just do that. And they've gone, no, I'll try this instead. This completely wild football. I mean, I don't play football. Obviously, people will be able to tell that. Um, so you could have that argument saying, well, if you can't do it yourself, you know, should you have that? Should you be able to say anything? But I think for me, I've always felt football's a really simple game. And I think when you're passing the ball, you, you pass it forward. You look at the best option forward and the easiest pass. Unless you're like Stephen Gerrard or whatever, and you can ping forty yarders on someone's like nipple, then that's different, and that's the difference between the the wheat and the chaff. You know what I mean? And 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 at our level, there's as much as we love them, there's a reason they're in League One. There's a more chaff than there is wheat, I think, or whatever the saying may yeah. be. Um, I could be wrong with that. If there's any wheat experts, please let me know. Um, <laughs> um, I think one of the big things we need to talk about. And I think it's an interesting one, me, because I can't decide, really, if I'm honest. Um, Lee Johnson, always going mental. Like, let's be honest, he's always going crackers. But he said, there's a headbutt on Tom Flanagan. Um, a few people said to me, yeah, yeah, definitely a headbutt. I've watched it back. And I've got to be honest, it looks a bit like a shoulder barge, but then Tom Flanagan's got blood all over his gob. So maybe the camera's been very, very kind to Jaden Stockley. But they said on Quest last night, um, what they said, Bowers, was, if Tom Flanagan goes down, it's a red card. Fair play to Tom Flanagan for not going down. But why should Tom Flanagan have to play act if he doesn't feel like he needs to go down? Is that just not a red card anyway, Bowes? Well, you'd think so. But come on, it's officials in this league, man. They're, they're not exactly not exactly known for being good standards. Um, I mean, I'll say no more than the referee. I know you probably won't want me to go on about the referee, but let's just say the referee was fucking shocking. There you go. Yeah, it was. Uh, Moving on from that, I mean, the headbutt itself, I mean, I looked at that video could be deceptive. For me, That in that video, it doesn't look like as much of a headbutt. It doesn't look much different than what has tended to go on in other games when people are man-marking from corners or you're trying to block your man off or whatever it is. But So I don't know what it is. But as you said, there is the picture there where Tom Plank has got blood coming out of his mouth on his teeth. So there's clearly something's happened there. Or that could have been from a completely different incident in the game. So as far as that particular incident, I don't, I don't know what Dave thinks, but I'm not, I'm kind of with you. I'm sort of sitting on the fence. If I had to lean one way, I'd probably say not a red card, but obviously Tom Flanagan not going down probably elevated the decision not to give a red card. I just found it a very weird comment from, um, I would have probably give a red. I think if, if, if you can see blood, I would have probably give a red, but I found it weird that, all of them kind of laughed about it and were like talking about how great, I think it was Clinton Morrison, um, the Oxford fan who I've spoken before and his name's completely gone out of my head. This is horrendous. George, um, George Ellick. Yes. Good, good lad. I know he, I know he likes his XG and he, he thinks we haven't got enough XG, but there you go. Or something like that. He's a nice lad. Um, and obviously Colin Murray, they were all saying, oh, fair play, Tom Flanagan for not going down. I know if he's gone down to a red card. 
Now, there's two parts to that. It's like, should he have to go down for it to be a red card? Is it not just a red card anyway? Or is the standard refereeing that bad that they only will react if a player reacts? Like, surely that's what your, your linesmen are there for, your fourth officials. Well, can I just answer, can I just answer that with a question? If you look at last week at Gillingham, would that red card for Embleton have been given if Gillingham hadn't reacted so strongly to it? See, I thought it was a red card last week and I was quite strongly oh, behind I, it. But I get where you're coming from. The reaction definitely helped it. Like they went, the whole bench went up as if the guy, decapit- well, I bet not talk about decapitation and when, you know, the neighbours up the road, um, especially as a journalist. Um, but stuff, stuff like that, yeah. Like I feel like it's mental that we're asking players to have a reaction because simultaneously if Tom Flanagan goes down from that and starts holding his face, you're going off at him and you're saying he's cheating. But if you look at it the other way around though, if that was the other way around, Charles would probably have done that. Every team that I've seen come up against it, they have an opportunity to reduce us to 10 men, they're going to take it. So oh, it's pleasant and it's not nice. Now, I don't particularly like it, but if everybody else does it to us, I don't see why we should do it back personally. But that's just me. What do you think, Dave? Jaden Stockley, 10 game ban? <laughs> well, <laughs> very minimum, to be fair. Or just like next time we play them, he's not allowed to play. Simple as that. Um, and, and also, talking about, I haven't seen the replays back off good old Quest. Um, or I've seen it, but I haven't seen a decent camera angle. Um, has, has anyone, I haven't seen much of it on Twitter or social media in general. Does anyone think that that wasn't a goal from Jaden Stockley? I'm almost 99% convinced that that ball did not cross the line. Or nine has handled it and it should have been a penalty in a red card. Yeah, there's, there's three moments, which is weird. Because, I mean, maybe I'll have to get my referee's rule book out, which I'll be honest, a bit dusty. Um especially in League One, um, punching a player. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I feel like the header is, I feel like there's a push on Flanagan. I've seen that game. And the thing is, you could say, well, oh, come on, that's soft going, that's soft. But consistency here. I've seen that given as a push many a time for goals for us, goals against us, ruled out. So there's a lack of consistency there. And then it goes in, I don't know if it crosses the line. I'm not 100% sure. Let's assume it does. Or nine still handles it before it gets there. So the goal goes in, but the child not think, well, hang on, we've got probably more chance of scoring the penalty and then they're going to be down to 10 men anyway. But then the ref gives a foul. Then the lineman flags something, which I'm guessing is the handball. And then the referee overrules it all. So how can you go, well, that's a foul. Oh, is it a handball? Oh, actually, I've changed my mind. It's a goal. So I kind of, I would like to understand the decision behind it. If he'd gone from the off, it's a goal or it's a push or it's a handball, that's fine. Like if you have one decision, that's fine. But there's three decisions. If you listen to the goal, you hear the fans go, way, because we think, oh, he's celebrating. It's not actually gone in. Then he stopped and turns back to be like, have I scored? And then the ref's like, yeah, yeah. But where did the way come from? Like we weren't just imagining stuff in the southwest corner. The, the line's been flagged oh, no, no, for something. No, 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 no. I was in the southwest corner, and we were all thinking. I, I was saying to my mates next to me, like, "Oh, we've got away with one here." And then yeah. all of a sudden, all them all celebrate. I'm like, "What? What? He's given it." What do you? I, it, I, I'm, I'm guessing the flag from the line was the the handball. I'm guessing the referees decided there's pushing the back, and then decided there wasn't. Which is just, oh, I mean, we we could do a whole podcast about the standard ref, league one referees. Couldn't let's be completely honest. Um, I, I think I have to, Dave, to be honest, call into the question of the, the referee. Um, I don't really like to criticise referees because I think there's no point. Like, I can't change it. I can discuss Sunderland as a fan. That's fine. I can discuss an opposition team as a as a, a fan who's played them. 
that's fine. Referees, I can't do much about realistically, but I, I just feel, and I've seen some bad refereeing performances, really bad, but that was right up there. Like literally one of the worst I've ever seen, especially at this level. And I mean, I know we talk about this level, but it's the third tier of English football. Um, it's not, it's not Sunday league. And the poor point we're just making it, it, it felt like that. You've got to do better than that, I think. But then you come on afterwards and you hear that he's from, well, quite obviously a Newcastle fan. Now I'm not into conspiracies, you know, get your vaccine. The earth isn't flat. I'm not into me conspiracies at all. Allegedly a Newcastle fan. Um, refereeing a Sunderland game and then having a horrendous performance. Is that a coincidence, Dave? Am I now a conspiracy theorist? Well, it, it doesn't It doesn't sit right, does it? I mean, you reckon there's, they reckon there's two, and excuse my ignorance because I don't know who they are, but they reckon there's two referees not allowed to take charge of a Sunderland game because they're Sunderland fans. Is Michael Oliver one of them, possibly? I think anyway, yeah, yeah. There, there's a couple, and apparently they're not allowed to officiate, and it, it's a conflict of interest, truly, isn't it? If it, hey, who knows? No matter, no matter who he supports, whether he supports South Shields, whether he supports Gated, no matter who it is, there's nothing getting away from the fact that he couldn't handle the occasion yesterday, and it wasn't really an occasion. It was just a league game between Summon and Charlton. He was, was banned last year. He was banned uh, for four games last year because he yeah, spread it to Ipswich players. Is it Alan George from Ipswich? Yeah, that's I'm sure right. you headbutted him. So surely doing that, you shouldn't be allowed to referee a game. I think it's mental, isn't it? Like, I'm not going to go and headbutt any of my fellow journalists or colleagues to see if I get sacked or not. So don't worry, anyone who <laughs> views it who are listening. But um, I think you know, just just to end, obviously, it's been quite a good podcast to get in because it's been talking points. I just wish it was talking points with a win, but it wasn't. We got beat off Portsmouth. We were very philosophical about that and talked about the response. We responded to that. Um, Burton, that was a totally different performance because we were great and just couldn't put the ball in the onion bag or one of those things. Could have played a little month of Sundays and didn't do it, but we responded very, very well. So the tag of Streaky Johnson has not been very streaky at all. It's been one defeat in every four games or something along that line. But, but Bowers, next two games, you touched on it before, really big. Um, Rotherham are certainly not a poor team at all they're going to be up and around there all the time people tend to forget about them they're always around there it's the reason they kind of yo-yo a bit it's because they're probably a little bit too good for League One probably not quite good enough for the Championship Chef went away that's an occasion um, they've not been having the best of the past few years but they've got the likes of Barry Bannon they've still got players in there um, it's now the Saido most Berahino important huh? Saido Berahino as well Oh, God, I forgot he even played for them. Berahino, Jesus, I forgot he existed, to be honest. Same with Frederick <laughs> Alves. Same with Frederick Alves. If anyone remembered, I didn't realise Frederick Alves wasn't on the bench for the past few games and he was yesterday. But um, what I wanted to ask, Bowers, was response is really important. How important is the response now, considering we're probably coming up against two um, promotion candidates? Vital. I think these are two of the hardest games that we're going to have. I, mean, I think that Rotherham especially, we all know what they're about. Even, I think, a couple of years ago, the curtailed COVID season, Rotherham started that season quite poorly. But I said constantly throughout, they will be up there in the top six. Even when they were down in 15th, they always do it. They either start slowly and build really build after that, or they start, obviously, on the front foot and end up doing really well. And I think Rotherham, they, obviously that's a, they got a big win themselves, 3-0 with MK Dons, which, as we found ourselves, is not an easy place to go and win at all. 
So that's going to, I mean, I think they're one point behind us, I'm going to guess, Something in the league. Like so obviously, you want to win there, but the very least you need to do there is to make sure they don't go above you in the league. That's going to be a hard game. And then Chef Wed itself, as you said, is an occasion. I think, to be fair to Johnson, when we've responded, we lost to Burton, responded with three league victories. We drew at Fleetwood, responded with two wins, lost, got hammered at Portsmouth, responded with two wins. So by that logic, we should be getting six points from these next two games, but we all know some of them don't work hmm. like that. So these two, these two games are huge. If we respond to them, and who knows, we might turn up in the bigger games. We might turn up, I say, no disrespect to Charlton, obviously, but to be fair, Charlton is a big game, but they're not, at the minute, they're not in the top six. They're not near the, the top six. Itself. And remember, Embleton's going to be back for Chef Wed as well. I think he's missed Rotherham, but because obviously we didn't touch on him, I think we did miss him against Charlton. But yeah, these are two. QBR he misses. I think it's QBR he misses. No, I asked. Um, I think I think Dave can back us up here. I think I asked James Cotley. Um, obviously from the Southern Echo. I think I think he said that the red card counts for the league exclusively and not the cup. Ah, so okay. if I'm right, play on Tuesday probably, and then miss Rotherham. But I hope it's the other. Round. He he corrected himself. So it's just three games in a row. So it's the next, uh, well, obviously yesterday. So it's the next two he misses and he's back for the third. He does miss the QBR game. Okay, that's fine. That's even better. I think it's the way it. you'd want it. Yeah, it's the way you'd want it, I think, isn't it? Um, Dave, actually, you know what? That's a good point that we didn't really bring come on to. So I might as well, um, while we've still got the time before, Zoom decides to cut it out because I've stopped paying 14 for it. Um, cheap skates <laughs> here. You know, no, no cost spared. Um, and button. Could have made a difference yesterday. I think it was quite a big mess. Um, could he make a big difference for Chef Wed Rotherham? Definitely, yeah, yeah. There's, uh, yeah, there's just something about him at the moment, isn't there? He's he's mm-hmm. got the bit between his teeth. I think he's, I think Johnson's like kind of. You saw him on the sideline yesterday. He does. He gets very emotional. He gets worked up. And I think he's like he's finally realized. I think he's always realized, but it's now coming out with Johnson that he's been infected with the Sunderland curse, unfortunately. And he knows how much it means. We were up at 31,500 yesterday. And I've had a conversation with a couple of people. If we get on a run and a proper run, that'll soon be up to 35,000, 38,000. There's no doubt about it in my mind whatsoever. So, yeah, and Embleton, again, we've said plenty of time, Durham lad, not a Durham mag, because we all know they're the worst kind of mags ever. Worst kind of mags. Apart from maybe Saudi, Max, maybe they're worse. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one or two questionable human rights things. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I think Emerton will make a difference. He's 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 getting better. He 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 puts himself about. I think he's got more physicality than Pritchard has. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to having him back. To be fair. Yeah, me too. I think I think ultimately, just obviously end the podcast. I think. Yeah, kicking the balls. Um, <laughs> we, we don't like getting beat. No one likes losing games, and, and especially not with a team who came into it third or fourth bottom, and you know might might not even get close to promotion, despite the fact that we've praised them quite a bit in this podcast. But I think, as the wise men say, have been doing every game. I think they've been uh, counting with each result. Are we due to average two points per game, which is what we need to get promoted? And yes, we are. So. I don't like games in hand for obvious reasons, but we do have them in hand. Um, we do have games in hand. We've got one of them coming up. We're still in a good position. Um, we're still averaging over two points per game. 
I think respond in the way we have previously and stop getting beat every four games or whatever it is. And and I think we'll be there or thereabouts. You know, I'd like to think we'd win the league by 400 points, but I think I might have to revise (laughs) uh, my thought process on that. But thanks everyone for tuning in. I'm kind of pleased we did it after a lot of um, Sambuga and cocktails um, (laughs) because I don't know whether I would have been in the same um, calming calming mindset as I was this morning. uh, morning. (laughs) But... um, are your eardrums working okay as well, by the way? I forgot to ask. No, and that, 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 that. <laughs> I'm not going to mention the pub because I don't want to get rid of any, uh, I don't want anyone to to not go to pubs after they're reaching 18 months, but someone needs to turn the music down in the central something, which might be a cocktail bar. Um, <laughs> but as always, I've been Graham, been What the Fork, Dave has been Dave, Bowers has been Bowers. Thanks very much for joining us, lads. Cheers. Thank, Thank you. you. Oh, I subscribe if you want. <laughs>